one way to approach it is actually to make them laugh. Um, or you can, you know, be direct with them and say, Hey, uh, you know, don't, don't be, don't be a jerk. Um, and then adding something contextually playful. If, if you can get them to smile, it's, it's one way to get them to, to calm down and, and not attack someone or, or stop what they're doing. So welcome to this podcast, uh, Ryan. Hi, how's it going? Hi, so far so good. Uh, really excited uh, to finally connect with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Great to connect to, across the world to record this. Yeah, okay, great. So, you know, those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, this is uh, you know, part of, uh, you know, a series of uh, conversations that we are doing uh, to understand uh, how AngelList works, uh, kind of, uh, you know, try and get an inside look into AngelList. And uh, AngelList story is definitely not complete without talking to Product Hunt and then talking to Ryan and, and, and trying, you know, to understand uh, where is Product Hunt now and what kind of future does Ryan uh, see. But uh, so Ryan, you know, like I was mentioning, the two parts uh, to this conversation First of all, uh, it would be really good to kind of understand uh, from you, uh, you know, the whole product hunt story itself, and uh, you know, if you know the early lessons, uh, building product hunt, some of the milestones, uh, your learnings in building community, and and so on. So, just to kick this off, Ryan. Uh, how and why did product hunt happen? I know it would be repetitive, but it would be good to get you on the record on this. Yeah. So product hunt started late 2013 is, is sort of the beginning. And it was at a time when I was kind of in between roles. I was exploring, uh, kind of transitioning out of another startup and wanted to, to do something new. And I was looking at other startups maybe to join. But meanwhile, I was also playing with different ideas. And for me, I've always been really interested in products. I'm I'm the nerd that would, you know, explore the app store in different countries, curious to see what was trending in in India, let's say, or Japan, and and other app stores. Um, I would actually browse AngelList also uh, many years ago, looking at startups just out of curiosity. Um, AngelList was never like built for product or startup discovery for like a consumer experience, um, but you know I. I kind of navigated my way around the site to do so. Um, and so I, I've always been into products and curious about playing with new things. Um, and then, uh, you know, late 2013, I, I had the idea of, you know, there's no place on the internet that lists, here's the newest and coolest products of the day. Like, yes, you do see it on social networks and shared on, on Twitter and other things like that. But, uh, and of course, you see publications writing about uh, launch announcements, but I just wanted a simple list and and also a place where me and my friends could share the cool things that we were finding. So the beginning of Product Hunt was was an email list in the beginning um, for me and my friends to share cool apps and products that we were finding. And uh, it was simple as that. It took about a half an hour to set up. Um, and then from there, it got some more subscribers and more interest and, and started to validate that people were excited about discovering new products and, and wanted to share the things they were finding or launching themselves. Really interesting. So when did it become, you know, you got the signal that it, it it's becoming something worth the journey? Like, what was the tipping point like? Yeah, you know, it, I think there's sort of a, a series of 
tipping points or milestones along the journey. I don't know if there's one single tipping point, but you know, in the beginning, some of the tipping points were two or three weeks into the email, just this uh, sort of organic growth of this email list, which wasn't massive by any means. It was really only, I think at that point, two, three, four hundred people. Uh, so it was very, very small, but it continued to grow without any kind of effort. And And then the thing that was also validating was people were going out of their way to email me or when they saw me in person, they'd say, hey, that product on email is really cool. I enjoy it. I look forward to getting it every day. And so it was that 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 in-person kind of feedback where I was like, oh, interesting. I, I like it too. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's not just me. Um, and so sort of there's a bunch of many milestones, I think, leading up to where we are today. I think some of the major ones uh, kind of fast forwarding some months uh, in the future were the the website itself. A um, friend of mine, Nathan Bashaw, and I worked on this this site and he hacked on it over like Thanksgiving break. Um, you know, we collaborated remotely because he was back at his parents' house and we launched the site and it also continued to grow, um, you know, fairly organically, fairly quickly, uh, which gave us some, some evidence that again, people wanted this thing and there was a hole in the market that we were filling. Um, and there's a bunch of others. I think getting into Y Combinator was another milestone, uh, fundraising milestones, hiring milestones, a lot kind of a, over the past four years now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, one of the things, Ryan, that that always fascinated me, you know, I used to be with TechCrunch around that time, and I remember a lot of colleagues inside TechCrunch, you know, used to talk about Product Hunt and uh, how it's, you know, fast becoming the destination for discovering cool new products, like you say it. Now, uh, what I found really fascinating is how, how did you build a platform that could attract, you know, creators or, or you know, product makers from across the world? Uh, how was that journey? And, uh, you know, you, you cut through you know, the barriers of geography, maybe language and, and so on. So how was that, the whole globalization experience at uh, Product Hunt? Yeah, so the very beginning of Product Hunt, the idea was, I want a way for me and my friends to share cool stuff that we were finding. So it was more about sharing products that you were finding on the internet. And as Product Hunt has has grown and attracted more of the tech community, it, it's uh, you know shifted in many ways to attract the makers of those products. So in the beginning, I actually didn't really have the foresight to think that this would be sort of a platform for makers and consumers, like the users of the product, to talk to each other. It just wasn't really on my radar. It very much happened organically because makers and people building products, they they certainly want feedback. Uh, they definitely want some awareness or attention, especially when you're building a new product. It's it's quite disappointing for a lot of people when you spend all this time building this thing and then, you know, then what? <laughs> How do you get some feedback? How do you get some users? And so there was this organic pull uh, really across the world of people building products um, who are then using and today using Product Hunt to launch their product to the world. So the same way that you might uh, do a press release um, way back in the day, and people, of course, still do that, um, this is sort of replaced that for some people in that they can directly communicate with their audience, they can control their launch, they can um, directly put it out there um, to a community of people who who are generally positive and um, in, um, not going to troll you. Um, I think part of what's made this a, a, a place for makers is that it's a constructive community and, and one that's not 
uh, I would say not toxic or, uh, you know, it's generally encouraging. Um, cause the last thing you want is someone complaining or, or, um, criticizing you heavily or even trolling you <laughs> about your product when you introduce it. So a lot of it's just been somewhat organic. I think the global nature all also is, was surprising to me early on. Um, you know, less than half of our, our community is from the U S uh, the rest is distributed across the world. India is the second most trafficked uh, source. We have a lot of uh, people in India launching products, a lot of people in, in India sharing products. Um, and so, you know, I think it's a reflection of technology in general. Technology is built from many different types of people from across the world, um, even though so much focus historically has been on maybe Silicon Valley or the U.S., which, uh, you know, isn't necessarily the case of uh, today. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and Ryan, how was uh, the journey when it comes to building, I mean, seeding a community and, and scaling it? What were some of the failures and successes on, on that front? And what were some of the biggest lessons you learned in building the product hunt community? Yeah, yeah. That's So this was something that was very, again, kind of organic in that product hunt, before Product Hunt, the prior two years, I'd spend a lot of time blogging and writing about technology. And I was doing it just for fun. I really enjoy writing. And I was doing a lot of these um, sort of like product de deconstructions where I would look at Tinder or Snapchat or some of these other early products and try to understand like, why are they designed the way they are? Why are they so engaging? And so I I wrote a lot. I actually worked on this other project with uh, with Nathan Bashaw, who I mentioned earlier, called Startup Edition, which was a, a weekly email digest, actually, um, of just uh, blog posts from different founders. So I was doing all of these different things, um, which over time started to build relationships and connections in a tiny audience within the tech community. So that when Product Hunt launched two years kind of after I had made all of those investments, I was able to launch it to some people that had been following me on Twitter, some people that were engaged in this uh, other tech community called Quib. And, um, and I also had relationships with a lot of um, more well-known people in technology, whether they're investors or founders or whatnot. So when I when Product Hunt launched, when it was out there, I was able to pull these people in, get them excited, um, at least get their attention uh, for this new project that I was working on. And that was really fundamental to getting it started because with any community product you have, you sort of have a, a chicken and an egg problem in that. You know, if, if it's all community curated and, and generated, you need those people first. Um, and then how do you get those people if, if uh, there's no content on the website? So you, when building communities, you have to, um, in many ways, just really be active and, and authentic in how you're bringing people in. Um, and there's a lot of things that we did, you know, then at post-launch to get people excited from seeing who was signing up on, on Product Hunt, emailing them personally to, you know, directly emailing others that were engaged and saying, Hey, do you have any friends that might be interested in this? Like, do you want to CC them on this email? Will we'd love to invite them to the community. It's a lot of manual things that went on in the beginning to, to grow the community and um, do it in a way that we felt was, was authentic. Hmm. I think you, yeah, I think authenticity is, is something you, you mentioned, uh, you know, a few times. And I think that that seems to be the key. Uh, but, but Ryan, how was, uh, you know, you. I think you also kind of worked on a book which which talked about the product, you know, and and you know, habit forming products, building habit. Yeah. 
So how 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 what are your experience on that front uh, when it comes to product hunt? Because in some ways it did it, it still is a habit for many. Uh, how did you achieve that? And uh, what would be your advice for others uh, product builders? Yeah, so I, I met Niriel. I think this was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. I'd been following his writing for a long time. He's a you know former founder and now has been doing a lot of research and writing on. Um, user psychology, and then taking those learnings um, and, and distilling them essentially into frameworks and ideas of how you would build a, an engaging product. And so I met up with him way back, and we we had a great, uh, I think it was a dinner down in Palo Alto. And um, at the end of that dinner, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm working on a book. Do you want to work on it with me? Would you like to help? And at the time, I was somewhat hesitant because I'm, initially I was like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, let me think about that. Uh, but that does sound like a lot of fun. And it was also, you know, I'm all, also one that's um, very curious and wants to learn and, and near is a great person to learn from. So fast forward, uh, worked on the book with him. Uh, it's been doing really well. It's still, I don't know how many hundreds of positive reviews are on Amazon, but uh, it sold really well. And a lot of the learnings in that book, uh, the whole entire goal was how do we create and write a book that is actionable for people building products that starts to kind of dissect, like I mentioned earlier about articles on Tinder and Snapchat, mm -hmm. starts to dissect the things that make products engaging and what tactics or, or ways that you can um, instill those types of qualities within your own product. So, of course, after working on that book with him, uh, a lot of the thought in the product design of Product Hunt went into this framework. Um, the hooked model, for example, is is one component of the book. Um, that's one thing that that was um, either consciously or subconsciously used uh, as we were designing the Product Hunt platform and, and how we would want people to engage with each other. Um, so I think a lot of the the learnings there were helpful in building the beginnings of what Product Hunt is. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Ryan, uh, I don't know how it is back there, but, you know, we keep uh, hearing uh, this product, having a product market fit and how it is, you know, make or break for, for, for any uh, new product. Uh, do you think sometimes too much of is, is made of it or, or what is your, uh, you know, whole uh, thinking when it comes to this product market fit? Yeah, I mean, product market fit, a kind of another way of saying it is, uh, are there people out there that want this thing that you made <laughs> uh, fundamentally? And uh, it's really hard to get people to use something or buy something uh, if they don't find it of value. Um, it's almost impossible. So in, in many ways, like when building a product and building a company, there's a lot of things that you have to get right, of course. There's product, there's sales sometimes, there's marketing, there's the engineering. There's a lot of roles that go into building a successful business. Um, but at the end of the day, if you get everything right, but there's no product market fit, meaning people just don't fundamentally want this thing that you built, then nothing else really matters. So um, on the other hand, you could actually have great product market fit and maybe not as great sales or, or marketing and, and it can actually stand a chance potentially. Um, so I think it's um, it's one of those things that's the only way to get to product market fit is ultimately to put something out there and get people's feedback, both qualitatively or through the data and engagement themselves. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's just getting things out there and testing quickly because you're, 
your intuition, your first guess is never going to be 100% right, um, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other thing I notice sometimes, Ryan, is, uh, you know, there are engineering-led organizations or companies, and then there are companies or or startups that tend to get more sales-oriented or, or, you know, I don't know, market-oriented or something. Mm-hmm. You know, from what you have seen among uh, uh, some of the successful products, uh, you know, closely, uh, you know, uh, if you are a founder, uh, which one you would like to get more dominant? Uh, I don't know if that is the right question to ask, but I'm, what I'm trying to understand is this whole engineering versus sales and uh, what, according to you, is a good mix or, or what should be the dominant uh, make, mix? Yeah, I I think it is entirely contextual based on the company and the market that you're going after. For example, um, there are some some companies which uh, don't have any salespeople at all, and um, and I don't know the full details of Slack, but I'll use Slack as just an example. Um, I'm sure they have sales now today, but in the first early years, they intentionally we're, we're not focusing on sales. Like they were building a, a product that ultimately sold itself and they were building in the product itself ways for people to recruit each other and refer each other, like through their referral programs and whatnot. So the, the sort of initial growth of, of Slack was really independent of sales entirely. It was primarily driven through the product and, um, and marketing of that product to some extent, but, but maybe primarily the product itself. Um, there are other companies, though, where, like, let's take Product Hunt as one example. Uh, Product Hunt isn't, I wouldn't say, is is going to to succeed or fail based on the our engineering capabilities, at least not in our like early to mid uh, years. Um, at the end of the day, Product Hunt is going to be successful because of the community and the product itself, and uh, the actual code itself. Well. Well, I'm very proud of what we built from a technical standpoint. It's not that it's life changing. It's not some crazy new AI machine learning <laughs> uh, platform, you know. Um, and so then there's another company. So on the other hand, there's another company that uh, this product that I recently downloaded that is doing a lot of those things. So they're using AI and machine learning to um, do voice dictation and a lot of other complicated things. So that's a business that's you know, going to be very engineering led because that's where the biggest risk is, is can they actually translate someone's voice in a room with a bunch of other people and index this, this, this language and, and many other things. So yeah, I guess to, to answer your question, um, kind of contextual, I think it really matters on what you're building. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm really <laughs> loving this. Good insights, Ryan. Uh, just wanted to go back to the community uh, bit, Ryan. Um, have you had any experiences uh, when there was kind of a backlash or you had to deal with a community member who was, uh, you know, uh, kind of a troll or, or a massive critique? Uh, I'm asking this question because a lot of times uh, when, when companies or, or startups are building new communities, they sometimes face this problem uh, most of the times and they don't know how to deal with it, uh, how to deal with backlash, how to deal with... Uh, a breach or, or, you know, a rogue community member. So just wanted to uh, pick that uh, from you in terms of any specific lesson uh, that you could share. Yeah, yeah, this is something that every every community will run into at some point. Um, 
in that you will sometimes have some haters or trolls uh, and we face some of that, but not, I think, as much as, as other companies. I think it's in part because we've we've really been focused on how do we build a, a safe environment and a positive environment, a playful environment for people to share and discuss openly. Uh, but of course, we've also run into people, you know, disrespecting others or trolling on Product Hunt. And one of the things that we found um, is most effective in dealing with that, uh, you have to be very thoughtful and, and careful on how to, how to approach some of these situations. But one way to approach it is actually to make them laugh. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's it's hard to be mean to someone if if you are responding in a in a playful attitude um, while still being direct in in your feedback. For example, if if someone is saying something disrespectful, there's a bunch of different ways to approach it. You could say something disrespectful back to them, which is kind of what your reptilian brain might <laughs> want to do. Um, there's other ways of just banning them outright, which can cause further problems um, and really upset them. Um, or you can, you know, be direct with them and say, "Hey, uh, you know, don't don't be don't be a jerk." Um, and then adding something contextually playful, if if you can get them to smile, it's it's one way to get them to to calm down and and not attack someone or, or stop what they're doing. So uh, that's that's one way we approach it, and um, we found that effective in in sort of uh, solving some of debates or, or issues that have come up on Product Hunt in the past. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good approach, <laughs> I, and uh, I think I myself am going to apply some of this. Uh, or, you know, uh, um, a final question in, in this part uh, where we are discussing the product hunt journey. Uh, what are some of the coolest or most uh, you know, uh, I mean, loved products that 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 you have discovered, uh, you know, as part of product hunt? Uh, what are some of the top ones? Oh man, these this is always the hardest question because uh, every week I see hundreds of products launch, and a lot of them are, are really really interesting and creative. Um, so it's it's often really difficult to think of um, you know one specific product. Um, let's see, there's thinking back on maybe some recent um, recent launches. Uh, there's one that I, uh, I I'll just pull one out because it's top of mind that I downloaded yesterday. It's called Unreal.fm, and it's uh, I'm someone that I love music, uh, and I love going to concerts and, and festivals, and Unreal is is kind of a unique take on music curation. Um, of course, there's so many different places to get music, and I do love Spotify and, and SoundCloud, but Unreal takes a, a unique approach in that they curate these really kind of eclectic uh, mixtapes around different themes, and so one of them... Uh, like this morning, it's raining in, in San Francisco, and I was just walking to work, and I listened to the Rain mixtape, which was a bunch of really like songs that I would have never discovered on sort of my music bubble on on Spotify and other places. Um, it wasn't the typical type of music I would listen to, but it was really fitting for the moment and also a cool way to kind of break out of my my music bubble and explore different uh, different music. Wow! So it's it's really well designed app. Um, really unique kind of take on music curation that's hand curated instead of algorithmically curated. Um, and it's, it's something that kind of came, came to mind is, is a, one of those small, cool discoveries that you'll find on product hunt like every single day. Wow. Yeah. This sounds really cool. I could use that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
there's also there's, there's one other one that that is actually on today that's really fascinating it's um they're they're 3d printing homes in less than 24 hours wow. um it's called ike and uh they're initially targeting um you know like third world countries or, or um those with with uh, um like they're not in san francisco for example um, and I find, I find that model fascinating and something that I want to learn more about. Um, you'll watch the video and they're, they're just literally this giant machine. It's just like funneling concrete to build a house. It's pretty incredible. Wow. I'm going to look it up. Uh, th- thank you, Ryan. I mean, this first part was really insightful, actually, uh, trying, you know, learning from the product journey, uh, just to shift gears now, uh, how how did how and why did uh, AngelList happen? Uh, I know you've talked about this before. I've I've read uh, in bits and pieces, but I thought it would be a good you know co- context to start with. Uh, you know when we are talking about AngelList and product hunt. So how and why did that happen? Yeah. So the I guess the relationship with AngelList kind of goes back, uh, like I mentioned earlier, pre-product hunt. I used to to browse AngelList looking for startups and. And again, Angelus wasn't built for product discovery or startup discovery for like end consumers. Um, but that was something I, I kind of used it for um, earlier in, in my, my career. And fast forward to, to Product Hunt, once it started, I actually got connected to Naval. I think it was maybe through Twitter or whatnot. He, product Hunt was on his radar. And we, we did a walk and talk um, back in 2013 or 2014, actually, um, around the same time that we were raising our seed round. So he ended up investing in our seed round and and also participated in our, our Series A later on. So we we had this connection and um and I think mutual respect and appreciation um since the earliest days. And um so then fast forward to middle late 2016, uh you know we were looking at what do we want to do with Product Hunt, where do we want to go, and started talking with Naval more about what they're doing at, at the Angelist uh, on the Angelist side of the business too and. Uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, for lack of a better word, there's a lot of synergy in that we, we are both building for the same audience. We're, we're both uh, very mission aligned and how do we help companies, makers, founders succeed? And Angelus has historically done that through fundraising. So how do they help companies raise money? Uh, also, how do they help companies recruit and build awesome teams? Those are two like, hugely important uh, parts of, of building a business. And then sort of where we fit in is how do we help companies get feedback and get users? So if you think of all of these different sort of value propositions, um, it was sort of like a, a perfect fit in terms of we're both mission aligned, we're both targeting the same audience, but we're building for different use cases and different goals that they have along their journey. Um, furthermore, there was an interesting opportunity too to build more of a daily kind of engagement or a destination within the Angelist platform where people, consumers, makers, people curious about technology could come every day. AngelList has uh, historically been more of a transactional network in that you go to AngelList to, let's say, raise money or to recruit, um, but you're not necessarily, you, you're not like I was back in the day browsing AngelList for fun. Like people, you know, maybe some people do that, but <laughs> it's not built for that. Uh, and so there was another opportunity within this conversation of how do we, build a place for people to come back every day and hang out and connect with other people, which is what we've been doing since the very beginning. So 
you know, after talking more with Naval and the team and, and meeting more of the team and, um, it just made a lot of sense from a strategic perspective to, to come together and, and join, uh, you know, their mission. Um, and, and now we're, we're still have so many different things that we want to build and from an integration perspective and, and, and new products and whatnot. Um, I feel like there's, there's like a decade road roadmap that, that we could see, uh, already today of, of things that we want to do. Um, so pretty exciting. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, just uh, another context, Ryan. Uh, can you give us a sense uh, of where you are at Product Hunt uh, today in terms of scale, uh, some of the metrics uh, that kind of illustrate the growth, uh, just to give us a sense of complexity and scale that that that's the, that you're dealing with now? Yeah, yeah. So it's to date we we aren't sharing um, any of our our current numbers necessarily, except for more just like to date we've we've uh, generated over a hundred million. Well over 100 million product discoveries, meaning people discovering new products, which could lead to new users uh, signing up or downloads, purchases, etc. Um, we also have seen over 100,000 launches uh, of people launching products on, on Product Hunt, from apps to physical products. Um, many of them, as I mentioned, are from around the world. Um, so there's this interesting kind of global movement. Um, and sort of along those lines, we we continue to see a lot of meetups um, activated across the world too. Uh, last year, we had over 150 meetups uh, led by the community from there's some in India, Berlin, Canada, uh, Paris. Uh, pretty much every single major city in the world had some sort of product hunt presence and meetup at some point. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun seeing the the growth continue and. Um, but we're also now working on some some new things, which are revenue focused. We're aiming to get to profitability um, on the product hunt side this year, and so we've been making uh, some good progress in in that area as of uh, last three or four months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the decade long road ahead when it comes to building a future uh, with AngelList. Can you give us a sense of future that you could build together with product? Hunt as part of AngelList. I mean, give give me some some broad uh, sketch on 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 that front, uh, even if it's not specific, just to give us a sense of the future we are talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll keep it fairly high level, um, as I certainly don't want to speak too much for the AngelList side of the business. But the the sort of mission statement has always been about how do we help founders, help companies succeed, and when you start with that that statement, there's so many different things that you could do. Um, you know, hiring and getting users and fundraising, those are three major pillars that we're focused on now, but there's a lot within that in between those, uh, those details that we could help with as well. So a lot of what we're working on, on the product hunt side is, is this aligns with some of the revenue focus, but it's actually an expansion on the product hunt business. Uh, we launched something called ship, uh, late last year. And this was really in, based on an observation after seeing hundreds of products every single week launch over the years and a lot of feedback that we've been getting from the community. This was really inspired by a lot of that. And uh, it's essentially a, a tool for makers and companies to uh, start to capture emails and communicate with their audience and essentially build the product alongside them. So a lot of, a lot of what we've observed is people will build a product in isolation by themselves, and then they'll launch it. 
And that's the first time they're getting feedback, the first time that they're uh, working with their users. The way that we see and believe most people should build products, and and I, I say this is most, not every company is the same, but most products should, I believe, be more open and should get feedback from their audience along the way more often and more frequently. Um, and so we've built essentially tools to email your users, collect email subscribers, to run surveys, to ultimately communicate with your audience while you're building the product um, before, after, before, during, and, and after you've launched. Um, so th- the reason why I bring that up is that's kind of an expansion on the product side specifically in, in building specific tools uh, for this audience of makers and founders. And and it's it's literally like its own own business. It's like a SaaS based uh, tool on online, um, which is quite different than ProductHunt.com that people know today. Hmm. Uh, you know, final couple of questions, Ryan. Uh, one of the things I I really wanted to ask you, and I'm asking you, is that uh, you? I mean, having built Product Hunt and and now uh, part of AngelList, uh, what makes you stay? as a product and founder. And, and I think what I'm trying to understand from you is uh, most of the uh, so-called exits that happen or you know mergers that happen, uh, you, you normally see a founder uh, move on after a while or something. Uh, what, what, just want to understand what is going in your mind and, and what, what is with this journey uh, that you are having with Product Hunt uh, that and 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 you know, do you ever think of doing anything beyond this? Uh, you know, to whatever extent you can help help me understand that better. Yeah, there's I guess two different parts to that. There's there's one that I made a commitment when we went through this acquisition to to Naval to Angelus to the Angelus team to my team uh, that I'm not going to bounce. <laughs> um, I think if if I was to do so today or six months ago, uh, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Um, in that is this is something that I want to see through. Um, so that that's part of it. Um, but the other part, which is I think more important, is that I still love what I'm doing, and I still see so many opportunities for us to experiment and grow and work on. Um, and so I wake up every morning. Uh, I'm I'm really weird where I wake up far too early. I was up at like 4.45 a.m. today and uh, my mar- my mind starts turning on. And truthfully, sometimes I, I, I realize I should go to bed, but my mind turns on and I get excited to get up, go to Phil's and start working. Um, now, there's still stresses and I still get frustrated and I still rant to my my um, uh, awesome girlfriend <laughs> when, when things aren't going well. Um, but But at the end of the day, I still love what I'm doing. So you know, I think that's what's most important. If if you enjoy what you're doing, then why leave? Um, I've also been given sort of the this opportunity to, on the side, start doing some investing. So, you know, I'm product ten is is ninety five percent of my focus and energy. Um, but I've also spent some time on the side, um, being able to learn about investing and invest in in different startups and companies. So, you know, I'm I'm in this fortunate position to to kind of do both of the things that I'm really excited about. Um, at, at the same time really exciting uh godspeed uh, with all the plans ryan and and i hope i see you sometime uh, here in india 
Yeah, I, I have never visited, but we I have a really good excuse to visit now. We we actually brought on um, two awesome teammates uh, in India for the first time late last year, uh, Amrith and Rahul. So, uh, you know, it's it's great. We we now have a presence over there. Um, and for those that don't know, we have a distributed team. So, um, you know, we have everyone from Bulgaria, Belgium, Paris, uh, really all across the world now. No, come over. I mean, happy to uh, host you and curate. Uh, you have a massive community here, people who love what you are doing. Uh, so hopefully you will make it sometime. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you, Ryan, for your time. Uh, lovely talking to you and uh, all the best. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Ryan. Take care.